Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Lightworks podcast. I'm your host, Martha Newcomb, and today's episode is episode 11, a word for the church on the spirit of lust, the seduction of Egypt. <clears throat> I know it's an interesting title, um, but I want to quickly say that the word given to me by God for the church is very specific. And once I start explaining to you through scripture, I believe that the discernment will come and help you because what's been going on is there has been a depreciation for God's word, meaning that there has been this idea and it's mythical in that God's word is devalued. People don't hold his truth as priority anymore. And I'm not talking about the world, brothers and sisters. I'm talking about Christians. And you will see as I begin to um, go further in this teaching, you will see exactly what I mean. So today we are concluding our biblical theme on the spirit of lust. And I hope that through this week's topic, you were able to learn about how the spirit of lust operates and how we as Christians can have victory over our carnal desires. When praying for guidance on how to approach the topic of lust, God put it in my heart to do a specific podcast just for men and one just for women. Episode number nine is for women and episode 10 is for men. If you haven't yet had a chance to listen to them, I encourage you to do so. It will open your eyes and help you discern how the enemy deceives both men and women and how he specifically perverts God's design for our lives. However, today's podcast is a message for the church body. Now, again, lust comes in three forms, lust of the flesh lust of the eyes, and pride of this life. And although we can see how lust operates in the church, as much of the corruption in the church is being exposed through social media, God drew my attention to Numbers 11. At first, I was like, God, where are we going with this? Then it all began to unfold. So to begin, I want to open up with 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. Remember I talked about the, depre- the depreciation of God's word. Well, in 2 Timothy, it talks just about that. It says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. So I'm going to break down that verse for you because it's going to tie to Numbers 11 in a minute. 
So first what we see in this passage is to preach the word. Be prepared, correct, rebuke, and encourage. So the word, its purpose is for us to share it with others. And we need to use the word to prepare, okay? In season and out of season. And the word also helps with correction, rebuke, and, en- and encouragement, okay? And our approach with this should be with great patience and careful instruction. Because people will be fed up with sound doctrine. And they will rather choose to suit their own desires They will surround themselves with people who will agree with them. They will turn away from the truth, following myths. And and a myth is a false belief or idea. And when it comes to the, the church, this could be false doctrine, false prophecies, dreams, and visions. This could be referred to the prosperity gospel. These are all things that are based on lies. And a lot of people in the church, instead of going and seeking the truth in God's word, they're going after people who teach on these things that are actually drawing them away from God and his word. Okay, so now we are going to stop there because I want to take you to Numbers chapter 11 verses 4 through 6 because I want you to take note of something something very significant to us today that can easily be overlooked now in numbers it says in verse 4 the rabble with them began to crave other food and again the Israelites started wailing and said if only we had meat to eat We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. So in these passages, we see God's people complaining about the manna. They began to crave other foods. And not just any food, but food they had when they were slaves in Egypt. Food they said they ate at no cost, yet they lived as slaves. Interesting, huh? Then it says they lost their appetite because all they saw was manna. So what is manna? And the whole manna thing is significant. And this is where God brought me to because he wanted to point out something to me. But before I get into that part, I really want to explain to you what manna was in the Old Testament and how this relates to us today. So in Exodus 16, verses four through five, it says this about manna. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, 
They are to prepare what they bring in. And this is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Now in Numbers chapter 11 verse 7, it says how it was used and cooked. The manna was like a coriander, coriander seed and looked like resin. The people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. They cooked it in a pot or made it into loaves and it tasted like something made with olive oil. So it was kind of like a wafer or a, or a cake and that's what they would eat. So when we learn, what we learn from scripture about manna is it was food provided by God himself from heaven to his people. It was used to test his people to see if they would follow his instruction. The people were instructed to only gather enough for the day except for the sixth day in which they gathered gather double so that they could reserve the Sabbath. It resembled a coriander seed that looked like resin, which made loaves or cakes. Now, going back to the first podcast on the spirit of lust in introduction, do you recall how lust was defined? Remember, it's an object of desire that resides in the heart and it has an appetite for sin or for the desires of the flesh. What I want you to understand is that what is going on in the church today is not an issue of physical food. This is not an issue of whether something is clean or unclean. This is about our spiritual appetites. What are we hungry for, brothers and sisters? What I mean is that the enemy knows Christians well. He knows he cannot just openly reveal himself to you because he knows you will run. So he gets us through our inner cravings, just like with the Israelites. Instead of being content with the manna God provided for them, they began to crave the foods of Egypt. Now, Egypt for us is symbolic in that it's the way, it's the way in which we used to live before we were saved. We were in bondage to our sinful ways when we were living in the world. So Egypt is like the world in all its cravings and, and, and desires that, you know, made us do things that were sinful because we didn't know the truth. But once we are saved and we give our lives to the Lord, we no longer follow the ways of the world. Our desire is for God. Our desire is for truth. However, things can happen if we are not discerning. Okay? Discernment is huge for us as Christians because when we discern, we are able to see the schemes of the enemy. But to give you an example, I want to give you a scenario that maybe you might relate to. So let's look how this might look today. So 
Satan may remind you of how easy it was when you were in the world. He will try to entice you through the lust of the eyes or covetousness, the lust of the flesh, sensual pleasures, or the pride of this life, glory or power. Soon you will, go try, you will grow tired of the manna that God has given you, that you will dwell on the cravings of the world. Then, if that's not enough to persuade you, he will bring people in your life that will influence you to go after those sinful desires. Soon, you will no longer hunger for God's word. In fact, you will reject it. Your prayer life begins to fade. You begin to justify your reasons for not attending church. And now you have turned your eyes to Egypt and away from God. Do you understand? And what is making it harder now, brothers and sisters, listen to me, is that the enemy has got to many in the church leadership, the leadership, okay, with these same cravings. Just look at the apostasy going on in the church now. Look at the sexual sin being exposed in the church. Look at the spirit of lust coming in the forms of power and glory coming in riches and money where leaders exalt themselves and are idolized by Christians where myths rule the pulpits and the truth of God's word is not being preached. But Martha, what does this got to do with manna? I will tell you in John chapter six, verse 32, 40, let's read what Jesus himself says about manna. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always gives us this bread. 30, in verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Now, talk about the manna. The manna is Jesus. Jesus is the bread of heaven. He is the bread of life. Whoever comes to him will not be hungry or go thirsty. Through him, we have eternal life. Jesus is the truth. He is the way and he is the life. However, 
the enemy will try to tell us to hunger for other things, to look to the world. And there is the seduction of Egypt to crave the things of this world, to go back and to think about your former life and all the things you used to do that fed your flesh, to go after teachings that feed our flesh, to go after myths that feed our flesh, but do nothing for our spirit, to get us to crave a spiritual experience rather than to seek the truth of God's word. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. This whole idea of searching for a spiritual experience, okay, is one of the ways the enemy is misleading Christians, okay? We have to be discerning of this. Looking at all these dreams and visions and prophecies without testing them, that's how easily it is to fall into believing this. We need to go back to the truth. So we must remember the manna. We must remember we have the truth. We have Jesus. So we do not need to entertain the appetites of this world. If anything, we should be filling ourselves with God's word so that we are properly nourished. I want to read something to you. I think it's very, very important. Because I want you to see what I mean. When God was telling me that there was a depreciation for the word of God. Where Christians are not valuing the truth of God. This made it abundantly clear. Did you know that there was a study on biblical illiteracy? And only 32% of Protestant Christians who attended church regularly said they read their Bibles daily. This means, listen to me. 68% of Christians, according to the study, do not read their Bible on a daily basis. And we wonder why the church is falling into deception. Because Christians do not know their word and lack discernment. Instead, they follow people and neglect their fellowship with God. Brothers and sisters, the cravings for this world are very real, just like they were for the Hebrew people. However, just like when it came to the Hebrew people and the manna, God gave them specific instructions to follow when it came to that manna. Now, God has given us Jesus, the bread of life, and his word, who also gives us specific instructions. Do not trade the truth of God's word for lies. Although myths may appear sweet like manna, Its seed is full of deception. Do not fall for the cravings of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. The sad reality is this. The desire for God's word is declining. It is declining, brothers and sisters. Instead, Christians are turning to myths that's roots are straight from the pit of hell. Misleading Christians away from the truth, keeping them in bondage as Christians we are to love the truth we are to speak the truth and we are to know the truth however it starts with our commitment to reading and studying God's word yes it's a commitment however it's a spiritual discipline we must practice daily listen if we do not appreciate its value 
I'm talking about the word of God here. Listen to me. If we do not appreciate the value of God's word and we take it for granted, we are only making it easier for the enemy to deceive us and draw our hearts away from God. It goes back to daily fellowship with God, like I talked about in the introduction of lust. It's about seeking his face, reading and studying the Bible. It's about obedience. So what God is speaking to you today is to remember his instruction and to read your word. Follow his instruction. His instruction is in the word. And you are not going to be able to follow his his instruction if you don't know his instruction. It starts by reading his word. In Psalms 119 verses 10 through 11, it says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Obedience comes when we know what God's word says. When we read his instruction, we'll know how to obey. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Testing, testing spirits. Whether something is from God, this is knowing truth from error. This is knowing truth from a counterfeit. Okay? The enemy likes to put a little bit of truth with a lot of lie and feed it to us. And a lot of it happens in the pulpits, unfortunately. This is why Christians, we need to test everything we hear. We just can't take somebody's word for it. We need to go back to the scripture and be like the Bereans. And say, is does what this person say or is what this book saying or this article or whatever, does it line up with God's word? You need to use your Bible. Your Bible will help you to discern, but you need to study and read it. And Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, God has a will for you. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. But you want to know something? It starts by renewing your mind. You have to renew your mind so, you be, so you'll be able to attest and approve something. But you won't be able to test and approve accurately if you are not reading your word. We are living in a time where there is great apostasy and the enemy is running rampant at the pulpits. There's so many times when I see things and I'm just like, I can't believe that that person just said that from the pulpit, but it's happening. But people are just receiving it because they are not reading the words. They're, they're, they're saying, basically they're saying what, what, the, what the, the Hebrew people said. We don't want manna. We want that meat. They want to listen to things that, 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 are, that sound good to the ear, that feel good to the ear. And God's telling us, no. It's not about what makes me feel good. It's about the truth. It's going back to the truth of God's word. 
And we need to be able to attest and approve. We cannot conform to the ways of the world. Okay, and a lot of the world is coming into the pulpits, brothers and sisters. You need to make sure that you're not only dependent, you know, on what you hear on Sunday. Yeah, it's good to go to church. It's good to be around other brothers and sisters. Yes, we need to, you know, hear from our pastors. But what about the other days? You see, it's important that you make your own time with the Lord every day and you read your word. You cannot just go by what your pastor says or what you hear on YouTube. You by yourself need to seek God's word. You need to continue to feed yourself. You can't depend on YouTube preachers. You need to feed yourself. You need to learn how to discern for yourself. So many Christians are just repeating what they heard other pastors say. You need to start learning your word, start memorizing it, getting into scripture, because you are not going to be able to discern, okay? You need to go back to the word. Don't be fooled by the cravings of this world. Don't start appetizing over something like that. You need to go back to your word, because that's where you're going to get your spiritual nourishment. So... I know this may seem like a lot, trust me. When I was going over the study, I was just like, wow, God, okay, you know, like where in my life have I done this? Because before I can give you this word, trust me, I go over it myself, I am not perfect. In fact, doing this Lightworks podcast has made me more uh, diligent about studying my word. And I have to say, brothers and sisters, when God told me that, Show us showing me that there has been a depreciation for his word, for the truth. It really saddened me. It grieved my spirit personally. But when you look at the different studies that are out there, a lot of people are not reading their word. And this is why there's so much deception when it comes to the church body, brothers and sisters. And if you know that you're not reading the Bible, it's time that you start. We have to appreciate the word of God because that's how God speaks to us. That's how we get to know who God is, is through his word. That's how we know how to live. So we have to have that appreciation for his word. There are people in other countries who get killed for even being seen with the Bible. Yet we have access to it. Some people have like six or seven Bibles in their home and they don't even read them. Okay, discernment comes and, 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 and we have to be able to fight it with the truth. When Jesus was tempted and the enemy came at him, what did Jesus use? The word of God. And we need to stand up for the truth, but we can't if we don't know it. So the questions I have for you today, you know, I like to end with questions because I want you to leave thinking about everything that we just discussed is have you ate of God's word today? And this is between you and God. You and God know the answers to these questions. Have you ate of God's word today? If not, when was the last time? I'm not talking about when you went to church. I'm talking about when you, by yourself, you and God, you got into the word and you read it. Another question, have you allowed yourself to crave the things of this world? Has the wor- have you been looking to the world and 
thinking about, oh, if I could have that, oh, I wish I had this. Have you been in that state of mind recently? Another question, has your appetite for the things of God decreased? What I mean is, are you praying like you should be? Again, are you reading your word? Have you been walking in obedience? Have you been obeying God's instruction for your life? Have you been fellowshipping with other believers? Or have you found yourself withdrawing from them? You know, what happens when you take a hot coal out of the fire? It gets cold. We need to be among other believers because they keep our fires inside of us going. We encourage one another. We build one another up. But sometimes when the enemy wants to pull you away, and he wants you to stop thinking about God, he'll pull you out of that, the, the fellowship of Christians. And he'll like put other people in your life that will draw you away. These are things that we need to discern. It tells us a lot about what's happening in our spiritual walk. So these are things that we need to think about. I know right now we're in a time of a pandemic and it's so easy to get distracted with everything that's going on. Church has also been difficult because many churches have closed down. And so, you know, many people, depending on where you live, you can only attend church online. But my prayer for you and my hope for you is that you understand that you have God with you 24-7. So whether there's a pandemic going on or not, you can still seek God. You can still seek his word and you can still obey. You can still have fellowship with God. And although fellowship with other people may be limited, you still have time with God. But like I said, it's a discipline. You have to discipline yourself daily. And if you know that this is an area where you're struggling, maybe you felt called to Egypt or the world. Maybe you kind of been led astray a little bit. Maybe the weight of the world has gotten to you. Whatever it is, God knows. I encourage you to go to him and seek his face. And if any of the questions that I asked got to you, I just pray that you surrender everything to the Lord. Seek his face. And if you're one of those that you haven't been paying attention to the word or you haven't made time for it, pray that God would put the desire in you to want to know your word, to be a reader and doer of the word. That he would put a desire to want to study the word. And he will. I've been through many dry spells and I felt distracted. And when I started to pray those prayers, you know what? All of a sudden the thoughts started coming. You know, maybe you should read your word right now. And that's kind of like when it started. But it was a little, a little whisper, a little reminder to go back to the word of God. And brothers and sisters, with the apostasy going on right now, we really need to be guarded. We, we really need to practice discernment, but that comes from knowing the word. We cannot be deceived by the enemy because trust me, he will throw those cravings at us. And if we're not feeding our spirit like we should be, we, we will be easy prey to that temptation. So with that said, go to the Lord, know that he's a forgiving God and he will forgive you. Just know that, you know, it's time, it's time to get back in the word and it's time to be prepared. 
Thank you so much for listening to the conclusion of our biblical theme on the spirit of lust. I hope that you receive from this message and that it draws you closer to God and having fellowship with him. I will be taking a week off. I just wanted to let you know, but um, we will be back the following week with another great topic. Thank you so much for your time. I will talk to you all later. God bless.